Pubcast. It's a callback definitely to a person being able to have their own control and their own power over their own life. Um, that, to me, that's really what, what shamanism speaks to the most. We have relied on so many other structures in our civilization to do the work for us. But shamanism is really about you taking full control of that. Welcome to the Liberated Healer Podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hello, everybody. My name is Gina Cavalier, and you are here on the Liberated Healer Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Linnea Hodson, your other host. And we're so excited today. Daniel Moeller is here. He's an artist, author, astral entrepreneur. Love that title. I know. We were, we were just like, <laughs> yes, this is our person. And then um, <laughs> and he has a book coming out called The Shamanic Soul, and it's a guidebook for self-exploration, healing, and mysticism. So welcome, Daniel. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Well, we want to dive into a little bit more about you and and you you know, you have this website, MullerWeb.com, and all this amazing, beautiful art that comes out of your mind and all the different books that you've written all the way. I, I love the other title, which is uh, Shamanic Kwabala. Is that my Shamanic right? Kabbalah. I'm saying it right. Okay. I have to read Kabbalah. that. I have to get that one too. But let's get in a little bit about you and who you are and how you got to this journey of this book, The Shamanic Soul. Sure. Um, well, I'm originally from the Midwest. Yes. Um, so I'm just your kind of regular down-home guy. Grew up in a small town. Was quite a weirdo. <laughs> uh, didn't really quite fit in uh, with the culture around me. Um, I was always a very uh, spiritually devoted person. I was very attuned to different planes of existence. Uh, often would have experiences that you know, other people around me wouldn't experience. Um, so, you know, it was, uh, I was always trying to seek and find a venue to express that and have a relationship with this other part of myself that I never really could understand and, and put, you know, any words to through, you know, throughout much of my early life. Um, and then as you know, would have it as part of the kind of like hero's journey you know, the wounded healer paradigm, um, I went through um, a period in my life of great sickness. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD. I uh, was in and out of the hospital. Um, I I spent many years completely covered in boils that were destroying my body, destroying my health. Doctors didn't know what to do. And um, I started trying to investigate alternative modes of healing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I went through different areas of that. You know, I tried different types of energetic healing and uh, Chinese medicine, things like that. But one day somebody mentioned to me, you should really try, you know, shamanism. And I, I didn't really understand what that meant. I'd always been interested in Native American culture. Just try shamanism. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just never got that. Oh, you can just do that. Yeah. You can just, yeah. there are people that practice. It's not just something that's in the movies, you know? 
Um, and I live, you know, now I, I grew up in the Ozarks, but now I live in the Kansas City metro, and not a lot of people around the nation know, but Kansas City is a hot spot for alternative spirituality. It, the, the community here is huge. Who knew? And it's, I did not know that. Oh, it's gigantic. I mean, any kind of uh, metaphysical, um, alternative mode of spiritual traditions you could pretty much find here. And um, I actually was able to connect in fairly quickly um, whenever this was revealed to me that I need to try this out. Somebody connected me with a man um, who's from the area as well, but was trained by um, a Peruvian shaman. And I ended up connecting with a whole lineage of teachers from Peru and, and practicing traditions from Peru, which is actually very prevalent here in the United States. Um, so the, these traditions have grown out of Peru and are you know, spreading throughout the world. There are people in Europe and Australia um, that are practicing these Peruvian-based practices because, um, you know, it was a turnaround for me. It was yeah. huge. It, I, I, I went from being in a space where I could not even enter, um, you know, a, a group uh, of people and shake someone's hand without having a complete panic attack and having to vomit the rest of the day. Oh, my God. You know, and, and now... I mean, I teach classes full of 200 people. Um, you know, I give everybody a hug. Oh. It's like no sweat off my back. And my health has improved as a result. Um, I no longer um, have any of the ailments um, that ravage my body like they used to. Um, got my life together. And it was all based um, on the work that I did with my teacher who had the same name as me. <laughs> His name was Danielle. So Don Danielle. Um, <laughs> And um, Don Danielle and my uh, other teacher, Don Oscar, um, they came from uh, a, a traditions uh, from Peru to, to you, know, you know, a few very distinct traditions because uh, traditions in Peruvian line lineages, they're not like churches, right? They're not, you know, they're, it, it's, it, it, it's more like families who are passing on what they learn from their other families. I liken it to whatever, however you used to celebrate Christmas or some other holiday with your family, and then you take that on and you kind of change it and adapt it for yourself all the time. That's the way for, you know, a lot of shamanic traditions really work. A very grassroots, um, you know, very uh, rooted in earth-based folk healing practices, um, a lot of entheogenic use. Um, and so, and they really get to the heart and root of the psyche really of what really drives the soul and through these practices you know my teacher don danielle worked with me one-on-one -on -one. it just so happened he lived in the area he lived way out in the outskirts of kansas um, but you know be. he was a <laughs> world traveler and he just decides to land here you know learning these amazing things and um changed my life i i call it to this day i call him my padre Aww. my father my spiritual father and he yes. really he he, he stepped in and was able to give me something that most, you know, young men, young people in general, um, however you identify what we all really need, which is really kind of a rites of passage into adulthood, you know, an initiation into turning yourself into an adult that's empowered so that you don't need extra support. Like his whole, his whole mode was getting me to the, to the place where I don't even need him anymore. Mm -hmm. and and can relinquish him from my life and that was a hard lesson for me too but 
as a result of that, you know, I don't need any kind of authority to guide my life or to help me decide what the right course of action is. I have myself and that's all I need. Um, so it's a way of kind of piecing these disparate parts of the human person together into a singular whole. We love that Sorry, story. Sorry, that might no, have been kind I, of a long-winded answer. No, we loved it. Um, we're just kind of sitting here because we're letting that resonate within us as well. I mean, yeah, hmm. and we a lot of times we say, you know, you're you are exactly where you're supposed to be. That you know, this has been divinely planned, and that there's there's <clears throat> people or information around you that if you seek it, that will help you find the answers. Or you know, but you have to be open and aware with open eyes, and that you know, this path will get, just start to lighten up and you, you'll, you will get there. But also I really am, you know, I just visited my family in Vegas and I have a, um, my cousin who's very, very sick and he's young and he's only in his early thirties. And I want to, you know, I want to inspire people like him. He's got, um, ulcerative colitis, um, uh, rheumatoid arthritis and type one diabetes all, all in the like last three or four years and had nothing mm. before, which is very mm. rare to get yeah. ulcerative colitis, uh, at, in your thirties. Right. And mm-hmm. I was looking at him, I was like, I need to grab the whole family and do a healing on him. But I, your story, you know, there's people walking around that are walking around, like you said, completely unfair, can't even enjoy their life, can't even find their life purpose really because they're so entrapped into the things that there are around them, like the PTSD. So hearing your story that you were able to kind of break free from that and and get healing and become healthy again on some severe, deep-rooted sure. things, I think inspires other people. So, you know, just that alone. So people are so fascinated by the word shamanism and it's become a lot popular in the last couple of years because people are seeking and searching for ways. And so can you get a little bit more into the shamanism thing? And I know that we did talk about Peru and it, did it originally start there? Is it Native American? Are there different <laughs> versions? And how would you kind of like characterize that word and what it means to you and things like that? A little bit more on that yeah. actual word. Yeah, that word is being... Uh, used a lot nowadays and it's getting lambasted from all different angles Mm. and a lot of different groups are trying to co-opt that word and and take it as you know their own and trying to prevent other people from being able to use it but the truly the the word comes from the siberian tungus people and it was it was actually a a a word that was a, a translated and not a really well translated word from an anthropologist who was observing the kind of witch doctor sort of figure of, of, of those people. Um, so it really started out as an anthropological categorization. And over time, it has kind of grown and been just kind of commonly known as the sort of, um, in any kind of indigenous culture, um, the sort of uh, like priestly uh, person not like a priest class, but just that intermediary between the, the spiritual realm and the realm of the mundane for, for the tribe, okay? And um, that person normally will have some sort of healing practice, but they'll also have a sort of political pull within, within the tribal arrangement. So because they're that intermediary, they, they understand and will know when when we'll need to plant crops, when we need to harvest, that sort of thing. So um, they, they're kind of involved in all facets of life, but they're always kind of on the outside as well. 
Like if you if you would imagine like a tribal village and the arrangement in a circle, they're kind of on the outskirts of the circle, you know. Um, so they're more, you know, associated with that outer realm. But so really for me, any kind of spiritual tradition has a shamanic component, whether it's Christianity or Buddhism or um, Wicca, whatever it is, you'll have your established um, uh, uh, esoteric, like aristocratic, you know, aspect, you know, the organization of a spiritual practice, but then you have the shamanic component, which was really probably where it all kind of started, right? In our Neolithic heritage, that's, you know, all spiritual work started from a person having a direct relationship with the unknown, with the realm, with the realm of soul. And I really like, um, uh, I mean, I use a, the definition in my book that um, basically just parses it down to this shamanic practice shamanism is just about traveling to other states of consciousness utilizing other states of consciousness whether it's through psychedelics whether it's through just meditation music dance art but you're going into other states of uh, altered states of consciousness to interact with other beings other denizens other intelligences to receive information and bring it back to service the community so there's like two main parts. It's that part of, of going and having communion with something other and bringing it back for service. And that's, that's the difference between shamanism and say just maybe normal magic or astral projection. Mm. You're, you're coming back to help someone else or yourself. For sure. I think that's an important um, point to make too. all of those different examples of uh, modalities that you can use to go to a different mm -hmm. place. Because I mean, I know for myself, especially when I first heard of shamanism, I just immediately thought of ayahuasca. That's like the association yeah. right. that I make, you know? Right. So right. I think it's important to list off some of those other things, you know, dance and a lot of creativity can be used to transport you to different places as well. Sound healing, meditation. Yes. And yeah, absolutely. And in, you know, back when, this is, you know, the community had different, everybody had a different role in the community and they had a shamanistic or a chieftain or a medicine person. And that's sort of what we lost when we became, you know, politicized and separated, separated individuals into categories. And yeah. mm -hmm. that's a part of what I think people are reaching out to the shamanism too, because they're, they want to get back to how we were when we first kind of came to, yeah you know, being be, the human side of us and losing all these things because the arguments and the negativity, I think, is also what's making people sick. And um, so that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I, it, it It's a callback definitely to a person being able to have their own control and their own power over their own life. Um, that, to me, that's really what what shamanism speaks to the most. Um, and so in, in that, I'm saying we have relied on so many other structures in our civilization to do the work for us. We have a priestly class who are the intermediaries between the realm of spirit and us. You know, we go to church or we go, I'm speaking to my Midwestern roots here, or we go yeah. to temple. Um, but it's the same with our political structures, right? We, we have other people go and represent us. But shamanism is really about you taking full control of that, 100%. There is no, 
that that's what was you know always grilled into my mind the most to not be dependent on anyone else for my own relationship with you know creator god whatever you whatever you want to call it you know in my own relationship with nature and and to be my own facilitator of that um, that and that's what i love the most about it so Talk up a little bit about the modality you love to use the most. Is it, you know, and how that, if somebody comes to you, do you do a, a special, it's different for each person, or do you always start with, say, a prayer and then X, Y, Z? I, my, I actually had a teacher that was a Peruvian shaman, and he was a fourth generation mm-hmm. shaman, and mm-hmm. he literally, the spirit tells him exactly where to go next, whether it's Mexico to Ukraine to... You know, all, and he kind of just follows it along. I mean, he really is just, that, that is his journey. But we yeah. had a fire ceremony at our house one time. It's completely illegal <laughs> in Sherman Oaks. <laughs> and I didn't really know it was illegal, but it was like, you, well, should, you, know. you shouldn't be doing this stuff, you know. Um, actually, well, I had spirit a... Spirit told you to do it. But so. I actually had a tree that sacrificed itself because... Oh. When, when he was like, you know, I want to do the actual fire ceremony in your house, uh, in your backyard. And I said, okay. And then we were standing outside and looking. And uh, my friend and I at the time were like, wow, we have a dead tree in the backyard. And it, it's huge. And it had these branches. We're like, that thing's going to catch on fire. We, we can't have a fire ceremony here. And while we were looking at it, at that time, it fell down. <gasps> oh, <laughs> no. wow. Yeah. And so I said... Let's go chop it up. And so I told this story to the shaman. He's like, this is the first time ever that the tree actually sacrificed itself. Whoa. Like new. And so that is how deep some of this stuff gets, folks. But this is crazy. <laughs> I just wanted to bring that up because it was kind of like aligned with our conversation. But I'd love to hear some of the things that you like to do in ceremony or practice. Sure. Um, well, those are dark secrets. You need a password. Yeah, I know. Yes. But really, my my primary modality is in the uh, uh, Northern Coastal Kirindismo tradition, which utilizes a mesa. And so it is different for every person that you work with, right? Um, But I I primarily use the tool of the mesa as my my number one shamanic go-to. And what, uh, what a mesa is, mesa is obviously in Spanish literally means table because it's the place where a shaman comes to feast on the fruits of the spirit with the other invisible forces of nature. Um, so it's like the, it's like your operating table. It's your alchemist's table that you use to, you know, do your work. It's an altar. It, it, it's basically an altar. I call it like the gateway to the soul realm. And so there are these uh, artifacts that we use, sacred artifacts on a mesa. It's just a cloth that you lay on the ground, or you can actually literally lay it on the table. Um, and I go through this in my book and how to set up a mesa and how to utilize a mesa. But these artifacts, which we call art days, are our, they are our entry point um, into how to work with and operate with with people and what, and what they need. Um, and the reason why we use these artifacts is because in the shamanic realm, um, it's an animistic realm. And by that, I mean, everything is conscious, everything. Yes. Uh, we, yes. And, and that is the primary foundation of, of the shamanic work is understanding that everything has a soul. Mm-hmm. And so these artifacts that we use, whether it's a rock from a sacred space, whether it's a rattle, a pipe, uh, sacred tobacco, um, I mean, you could, but it can be anything. I mean, it could be a, a, a some some of my 
special artes or a, a, a toy that like one of my children has given me. You know, if it has a significant meaning and a purpose behind it to utilize, we commune with these artes um, in respect to the client to divine um, what, the, what the ailment may be. And of course, this happens through a mode of counsel with the client where you, you're getting the story, why, why they're coming to you, you know, what they need assistance with. And then you commune with the Mesa and the Artes uh, upon it to, to ask for advice. Yeah. To, to ask like what to do. So you, this is a process of like you as the practitioner, you're just stepping out of the way. You're just a hollow bone as one of my, actually my uh, Northern Native American teachers <laughs> has taught me to, 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 to say just like you're, you're clear hollow bone. Everything can flow through you. Um, and your, your identity doesn't exist. It doesn't matter. Your personality does not matter in this because it's all about in service to that person Absolutely. and their higher good. Yes. And so the, the Mesa is created in such a way that you are empowering the world of spirit to work through this Mesa and to work through you. Mm. Um, so that you can understand and know which art days or artifacts may need to be used. Maybe this person needs um, a Olympia a cleansing through the use of feathers or wa spe special waters um, or rattles or drumming or whatever it is. Maybe they need an astral journey. Um, so there are, there are numerous um, ways to go about this. And you're right. It is, it is very different for each person. I mean, I've, my wife is a practitioner as well, and uh, I don't think there's a single person that we've ever been in service to that you could say was ever like a repeated phenomenon, you know? Yeah, correct. Um, and, I, and I love what you're saying because it's something that we, when we we'll talk to our own clients, and it's hard for them to sort of understand, especially in the beginning, um, that everything that's coming up is for them. They're, sometimes they'll start to say, get like angry with us or a little emotional or feel like <laughs> this is our personal when we're we're speaking when we're doing energy work. Yep. It's like no, this is your I, this is your energy coming out. It's yeah. not our energy. Yeah. And then they get all mad, yeah. and I'm like, well, you're just getting mad at yourself, actually. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but. So hearing, repeating that is good, right, Linda? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I was just going to say, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, and I don't know if it's okay with, you know, your listeners, but I'm not going to lie and say that um, the practice of using um, uh, entheogenic plant spirits isn't a, a, a huge part yeah. of, you know, the traditions that I've been a part of as well. You, you, they're not, they don't have to be used, um, certainly, but it yeah. was a significant part of my training because yeah. of the... Um, you know, the, the psychosubstantive nature of, of the, those spirits and being able to um, uh, transfigure the, the psyche with, with proper guidance and support, yes. you know, with someone who's safe and someone who knows what they're doing, it um, has, been, has been vital in my own transformation. So, but it doesn't work for everyone, you know. Yeah, yeah. To each their own. This is true. I do, I do know some people that have done that and they didn't have someone to like take them on the journey. And I feel like their experience was extremely different, not yeah. necessarily a bad experience, but I think that they could have gotten more out of it if they had had someone with them that was like taking them on the journey rather than yeah. just doing it on their own, you know? So, and, and yeah, and there's a lot of charlatans out there as well. Um, there's a lot of people that are, you know, uh, peddling ceremonies as if they're, mm -hmm. 
you know, weekend packages to be bought, you know, yeah. it's, and it's, it's, um, and I, I'm not going to knock it in the sense that I know some people have had experiences in those scenarios and it's worked well for them. But I also just want to caution that there's, there's a danger to that when you're not connected to a specific lineage because there, these, these lineages have been working with these plant medicines for thousands of years and yeah. we're a very new culture to this. Yeah. Um, so and they'll, it's, and they'll it's slap you important. on the hand if they don't like the way that you're doing it and that you're doing <laughs> yeah. it and it, it'll hurt. No, more than that. Yeah. More than a slap on the hand. For <laughs> sure. I mean, um, I, it, there's like a huge pre work to do before it too, a special diet that yeah. lasts weeks and weeks. So when I've heard yeah. people that say, Oh, I'm doing it this weekend. I'm like, well, did you start your special diet? Like two weeks? I mean, there's things that it doesn't like, like onions and yeah. garlic and you, you, yeah. can't, you can't have no boom, boom and all kinds of different things. Right. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, it's just like, no, I didn't get any of that. We're just going this week. And I was like, Oh, darn. Oh, <laughs> but in the, in the, the ceremonial component is vital as well. I have myself experienced and I know others that they'll experience a medicine that just you know because on their own or in a setting where nobody's really doing anything and maybe they're just sitting there and they call themselves a shaman yeah but without the the proper rituals that accompany these spirits because the shamanic lineages have trained with these medicines for so long and have a relationship with the spirit of these medicine plants and the the rituals that accompany to them are very important. It very much activates the, you know, the, uh, the um, what I call like, like the, the quinta, the account that the, the potency of how it'll affect you and will actually be able to transform your life. Yeah, so yeah. it's, you know, ritual is very, very important to me in that regard. And just in my humble opinion. Yeah completely agree so interview your people before and ask them a lot yeah. of questions if you're gonna go on a this journey and just ask them their background mm -hmm. and right and you know go around and look at and, you know call us no, <laughs> or don't um but i actually wanted to ask a little bit more about um like the title astral entrepreneur and you mentioned you know maybe someone needs to go on an astral journey so is that something that you would assist them in or i just I'm very fascinated by astral projection personally, so I have to ask. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I use that title because I don't, I don't, I don't prefer to use the word shaman or shaman practitioner because it just there's so much weight that comes with that and right. controversy and. Um, but yeah, that can look like anything. I do, uh, you know, we call it just shamanic journeying, but mm -hmm. there there are times in which we assist. And that um, I do have some shamanic journeys that are um, in my book. Um, I'm going to make them available as recordings on my website um, when my book is released as well. Um, so like with my wife actually reading them off with her nice Ooh. voice, her nice, beautiful voice, which oh. will be good to just kind of help guide people. But yeah, so the shamanic journeying usually kind of takes place um, in the in, in the sense of uh, uh, journeying into three very distinct realms of consciousness. So in the, in the shamanic cosmology, there are three basic realms and, you know, Michael Harner in the way of the shaman has already broken this down um, into like the higher realm, the middle realm and the lower realm. And although each, um, you know, shamanic lineage has their own specifics around that, you can kind of distill most um, kind of universal paradigms into like those three distinct areas of being. 
And each one of those realms have a very uh, specific purpose in our lives. And one of the reasons in which we are suffering on this planet is that those three realms are not unified. Mm. Um, and so the, the whole purpose of shamanic journeying is to first doing a divination, and that's why I do a divination with my Mesa, working with um, the client to understand which realm they may need to have work in. Um, is it the higher realm, middle realm, lower realm? The lower realm is like the area of the subconscious. We call it the ukupacha um, in the in, in Peruvian lineage. It's a, it's that um, area of density of the past of repressed things and emotions, uh, memory, and then um, the higher realm, of course, is like the very angelic realm. We call it the hanakapacha. It's that place where the 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 fount of creation flows out into reality um and the middle realm is here it's the here and now we call that the kaipacha that it, it is it is where we live and eat and breathe and you know have stomach pains and <laughs> um you know eat every all that mundane stuff happens in the kaipacha and you know Believe it or not, like the really the majority of work really needs to be done here, you know, mm -hmm. in this realm. The whole point is to to do this astral work, but to return here to apply it in this realm, because this is where the work is done. This is where we become integrated. This is where that higher realm and lower realm will will holistically, you know, come together and coalesce if if we do it well in balance. So, um, yeah. I'm super excited because I feel like I finally understand a little bit more. You, the way that you've uh, described it, I, I feel, I just feel like it's kind of like locked in for me, mm -hmm. which is, oh, you know, I mean, I think that's why people get this, why we wanted to do this, you know, this podcast though is, you know, it, it can get so complicated mm -hmm. and, you know, like what you just explained to me, I, I, I've heard this many times. I actually didn't, I just finally locked in. So. You know, I think it's important just to say quickly again: the lower is the subconscious and the the past, and 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 then the higher is the angelic, and the middle is a lot where we spend a lot of our time. But when you say the lower end is like the past, are you are you referring in the subconscious? Would that be someone who maybe is, you know, and um, ad have addictions or their uh, PTSD, like you said that you were, or or pa they're living through past traumas, or is that that kind of realm? What, could you explain the yeah, lower yeah. realm a little bit? Yeah. So uh, the lower realm, the Ukupacha is really kind of a, a zone where, um, what we, where we call the shadow of ourselves that, um, uh, has, has an experience of trauma and acute experience and holds on to it and becomes in those, those those reactions, those initial reactions to our initial traumas from even early childhood on, or especially middle childhood on, uh, they become our armor. They become our self defense mechanisms, um, and that becomes unhealthy because we usually adopt those self defense mechanisms um, at such a premature state, and we 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 tend to live out those same mechanisms without evolving and adapting to how reality is now. And how you may not be out of that situation now or or responding or to someone in front of you getting triggered by someone 
but they're not actually the issue you're talking before. Like we weren't, we're not the issue. It's, this is your projection, right? You know, so, and how often do we do that in our own relationships? You know, how often, like even in just with a couple, <laughs> that, right? I'm that sorry. You are, we're... You're responding to, <laughs> you're responding to your, yeah. I, and, we, and we do it in business. Yes. All the time, um, you know, so, we, you know, that we're actually just responding to past trauma, but in an exacerbated way, because that shadow aspect holds on to it and they hold on to it tightly. Mm. And so really it's about a relation. It's about having relationship with that shadow self, that broken hurt part. And it's all based on fear. It's it, all of it is based upon fear, the fear of being hurt again, the fear of um, succeeding, the fear of, you know, what have you mark off the checklist there's probably a dozen reasons um and fear is not bad it's kept us alive as a species for millions of years but having a positive relationship with that fear and in in embracing that aspect of yourself and not rejecting it is really kind of like where the the balance starts settling in 100 percent and i would say that the main thing i hear from people but right before they get into their big like spiritual breakthrough is that they're afraid of shadow work yeah they're like afraid of what's going to come along with it you know I'm like, well that right there is going to be what's the turning point <laughs> yeah well yeah. you know and also too um i i always like to quote one of my favorite um philosophers terence mckenna who said that it's not a real psychedelic experience unless you're terrified to go into it <laughs> and and that he means and my my own mentor don danielle talked to me about this one time when i was terrified to go into a ceremony where i mean he was threatening to do horrible things to me <laughs> like it was so <laughs> scary like but he was but it was like he was like, this is good because this means your shadow is afraid. And this is your opportunity for the shadow to rise up and for it to be, you know, above ground and present so you can work with it. And it knows that it's going to lose its power over you. And so that's why it's terrified and it's gripping you tightly. So sometimes that fear is a really good signifier that you're actually on the right path. Like it's exactly where you need to be. And now I'm starting to sound like a motivational speaker. And, oh, oh, but oh, it's so I didn't, true, I didn't want to go true. there. No, but we, we, <laughs> we deal with this every day and we have our own, of course. So, it, and it, and it feels like it's going to go away, but it actually does get better because you have, when you, when you start, you know, in the beginning, it's a little scary and then you go, Oh, I got through that and I'm still alive and okay. And I have some new tools. And I know how to, you know, that's why what we do, you know, I learned, I learned a new thing. And so it could be grounding or, you know, meditating, like you said, or using sound to move through things and things, you know, learning how to self-soothe, you know, with, because even when you have um, a shamanism or an energy healer, you know, they're, they're here for that moment. So that's why it's like you were saying, you know, you're kind of helping them, you know, for short term, because you, you don't want them reliant on you. You know, you're, you're helping them kind of plug into this realm and teach them the tools so they can kind of go self-soothe themselves. Right. A little yep. bit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you, uh, the first thing I, I was taught whenever I was interested in, when I told Don Danielle, I'm interested in doing this with other people and helping other people, you know, and the first thing he said was, if you find yourself in the place where you have regular clients, you're doing something wrong. 
because they need to grow from you and you don't want to create a dependency. And, and even if that means they don't leave with great terms, if they don't understand it at the time, that's fine. That's their path. But at some point you need to have just a plan of, of getting them through whatever they need to get through. And when that plan is done, and if that's, you know, a, a couple of years or whatever, for me, it was, you know, a good five, five, six years of train hardcore training and work. But when you're done, you're done. Yeah. You know, it, there no more. And, you know, but Don Danielle had to do that to me as well. I mean, we're still friends. We're still very close friends. But as a client, he, he and, and a student, he had to he had to relinquish me at a certain point. And I I had a hard time with it at first. Yes. You know, there's a part of me that was, I, I missed him. I needed my padre. I, <laughs> I, he was he was my he was my heart, you know, but. But and, it, and that was the greatest spirit, lesson of all. Sometimes spirit will just all of a sudden make it cut, like, and you're you yeah. didn't even understand, and and then all of a sudden, like years later, you'll understand why that had to separate. So you just have to kind of sometimes, you know, be in the space and recognize that it's for your highest good, whatever it is. That's, yeah, that's a very good lesson as well. That's one of the things I was taught too. No matter what shamanic tools or art, sacred artifacts that you have you're not to have any attachment because the soul realm will take those artifacts away from you. It will find a way to remove those, those artifacts, those tools from your life. Yes. So um, I have had to learn very, very much with the, the artes that I have in, uh, for my altar, for my Mesa, which is my, my, my primary go-to to not have an attachment to them. And if the, if one of them calls to go with a client forever, then that's what has to happen. Th this is your medicine to take with you. I'm um, sorry. I'm or, just laughing because my last, my, yeah. my um, Peruvian friend, my, that was my teacher. He had get, gotten a Rolex from a, um, that was given to him because the whatever it was like literally like give that to him so he got it and he, and he he wasn't you know he's this Peruvian shaman he's wearing a Rolex so he's like okay but he was like that was kind of hard because all of a sudden he was in a thing and this guy has he has a problem getting to places on time and I was there and he said oh my god spirit just told me to give this Rolex to you and he's like oh you can see he just is like okay here you go but but it what you're saying yep. is exactly right because it, it was meant to be with him for that whatever carried that energy in that moment that he needed it for whatever and then told him to give it to the other guy <laughs> right oh dang well yeah so um we're getting to the kind of the time where we need to wrap up so i just kind of want to mm -hmm. in the next you know few three or four minutes just kind of what is some of the final you know we'd love to have you on again of course um some sure inspirational or educational or something that you think that people could use right now in the next three or four minutes? <laughs> um, <laughs> Anything well, that's coming off wow. time. <laughs> let, let me run off my TikTok threads real quick. Um, <laughs> really, the, uh, for me, the, the, the shamanic path at the end of the day is about growing soul mm -hmm. because we come into this world thinking that we're just soul um, and we exist and and, and it's not that we're not whole, it's that soul is a dynamic thing that it should never be stagnant. And you have to learn to cultivate it and to um, allow it to flow through you and thrive. And eventually it helps you find your passion for life and find your flow. 
it's like jazz, you know, it start jazz starts off with a specific tune, but then the impro- improvisation comes in and it makes you move and it makes you dance. And that that's what soul is. And it's just that it's a life is a process of growing that and, and cultivating it. So yes. that's the thing that the shamanic path has always, you know, um, taught me um, both on an individual level and by teachers as well. But it's a very experiential thing. Yeah, and reach out to your own soul. You can say, hey, what do I have? What do I want to say to myself today? Write it down or find a way to connect in it. And I think a lot of people sometimes have a big disconnection with their soul or that they even still have one anymore or they're just kind of marching through life and and they think that they're, they're almost on that surface of, mm-hmm. but they, they're not really connecting to it one-on-one. And um, well, I think I've learned a lot today. And Oh yeah. And I, I really do um, appreciate your phrasing and how you uh, are teaching the world about how to embrace this and how to heal themselves. And, you know, I, I'd love to even go farther one day into some of the comics. And I mean, you just look like such an interesting family that your wife does this as well. And let's give her a big cheers and for how you guys come together and for what you do to bring this energy to your area, of course, and then now beyond with all your different books and stuff and sharing it because that is how we're all going to rise this boat up. Mm-hmm. And thank you, Daniel. Thank, thank you. So thank you yeah. so much. That Wow, that filled my heart. Thank oh, you. <laughs> well, we really appreciate your work and I, we know how hard it is to even get through the book. And it's a fascinating book. I really, really recommend that you get The Shamanic Soul. And um, it's a guidebook for self-exploration, healing, and mysticism. There's so many neat things in there about how to do your own Mesa and on and on and on. So check it out. And you can find him at danielmullerweb.com. And thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye for now. Thank you. Be kind. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support. Disclaimer shenanigans. The Liberated Healer podcast and its hosts are not providing any medical, legal, or otherwise advice and is for entertainment purposes only. We do not have the ability to control if third-party persons use any part of our podcast and represent it as such. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Liberated Healer makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice unless otherwise specifically stated. The Liberated Healer does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. Podcast.